Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. He's got it! The Tigers have won by a point! A kick after the siren! They've gone bananas at the chain! Super Coach and Fantasy Sports Show. You are now listening to the Inside Fantasy Sports Podcast. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Inside AFL Podcast, brought to you by our friends at the Standard Squeeze. I am Super Coach Big Horse, as you'll see in the bottom left-hand corner of my screen there. And joining me today, we have none other than potentially the most active man on social media when it comes to Super Coach. I speak of none other than our good friend, Phil Whitehead, or as we know him in the Twitter sphere, at Phil Unfiltered. Filthy, how are you? Mickey Dell, stoked to be here, mate. Can't wait to rip in. Mate, you've been an avid follower of ours for a long time, and you've, you've thrown us quite a few notes and comments along the way. And with Robbie and Bali, we both thought to ourselves, well, why don't we give this bloke a crack given your radio career and and your internet radio that you've done in the mid-2000s? So we're about to give the people what they want, less of Robbie and more of Phil. How do you feel about that? Well, look, you know, it's, it's the danger when you go on holidays. And uh, shout out to the Supercoach Hawk, who at this hour at, in Bali, I would imagine, is is nicely inebriated. So... I'd have to be anytime, anytime in Bali, you, you're expected to be pissed and on the beach and doing sweet FA, aren't you? But I digress. We're going to get into some AFL here. A reminder to our viewers, we are live at the moment. So if you've got any questions, drop them in the comments, regardless of whether they're AFL related or not, we'll do our best to answer them for you. But what a big weekend of footy. Preliminary finals for Supercoach. You still in the finals, mate? I am uh, tearing it up in the minor premierships, mate. It's been uh, it's been a bit of a <laughs> bit of a roller coaster of a season. It's been a, it's been a masterclass in um, trade regret and self sabotage. It's uh, that's going to give us a great segue next year into talking about 
upgrades and how to not blow them so early on, isn't it? Yes. Go in with a trade strategy, kids. Don't don't do Be what strategic. I did. strategic. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So what we'll do is we'll, we'll get into the first game, being Collingwood and Brisbane. But before we do, I want to give a shout-out to our good friend Ryan at Astute Newstead. Ever wondered what the best bank is or what the current rates are and are they too high? Is your dream home affordable? Well, don't wonder anymore. Talk to our good friend Ryan at Astute Newstead who can give you confidential lending assistance with no obligations attached. You don't get pigeonholed into one lender with this. Ryan specialises in residential homes with over 50 lenders on panel, including all of the major banks. And the best part, it's free. He doesn't charge. So Ryan at Astute Newstead also offers personal vehicle and business loans. So reach out to Ryan at Astute Newstead on 0431 766 784 or email ryanh at and use the code INSIGHT and let him know that the INSIGHT boys have sent you. He'll look after you. So our first game, Phil, we're going to get into it. Yep. Collingwood, Collingwood Brisbane. Do you watch this one, mate? I did. I did. Uh, look, it was a cracking way to get the round uh, off to a, just, a, just a high standard start. Um, really impressed with really both teams. Uh, obviously, the Pies went in with a lot of um, big names missing. They've got a bit of a luxury situation at the moment where um, they're sort of locked into a top two finish. Um, they are dealing with a fair injury list late in the season. Um, so there's there's sort of that collie wobbles thing, maybe just maybe just creeping up a little bit. But I mean, if the standard uh, on Friday night's anything to go by, um, they've just really, they've reinforced how deep they are. And um, I think that even if they even if they do have a few uh, dings and a few people missing here or there, um, they're they're a tough out regardless. Aren't they? So. With the Collingwood team, and I'm going to bring this up now before we get into Supercoach scores, no team in the history has gone one and three prior to the finals and won a premiership. So they need to buck history in order for them to win uh, the flag this year, which I find interesting given their, or given their dominance that they've had earlier this year. But I digress. We'll get into some Supercoach scoring here. Pendlebury winding the clock back with 31 touches, 114 Supercoach points. Joshy Dacos and Maynard, the only ones for Collingwood over 100 with 105 and 103 respectively. Jack Crisp, for those of you that brought him in, 98. Darcy Cameron with a solid 97. Tommy Mitchell, 31 touches and 80 super coach points. I'll tell you what, Robbie was pretty Ooh. stoked with him, wasn't he? Ooh, I was going to say just another shout out to the super coach Hawk, who uh, is experiencing a little bit of buyer's remorse with uh, Tommy Mitchell, I would say. I think he is. But is he lowering his own score for us? For uh, next year to bring him in nice and cheap, we shall see. For Brisbane, I'm going to ask you about Kitty Coleman after we talk about a few Supercoach scores here, but 116 for him, and it appears as though he is the new Daniel Rich for them. The big O, Oscar McInerney, 101, and the rest of the Brisbane Lions under 100, surprisingly, which for me is especially surprising given their dominance that they had on the game. Dunkley, 99, Neil, 97, who's been a tad disappointing this year who else we got there bailey with a 95 who's a nice mid forward zorko is a flog 92 ever <laughs> since bob took miller in yeah not a fan charlie cameron with a nice four goal effort 87 and connor mckenna the brother of connor mcgregor shout out to justin herberth 
with a 79. Tell me about Kitty Coleman, mate. What do you reckon? Yeah, look, I, I, I put it to you earlier. I said, is, is Kitty Coleman uh, Brisbane's most important non-midfielder? And you, you touched on him being essentially the, the next uh, iteration of Daniel Rich. Um, just the runoff halfback, the, the creativity. Mm-hmm. He's playing with a level of assuredness because I think he now knows with Rich having allegedly, and I, I'm going to stick with allegedly because uh, something I, I'm always going to be a bit suspicious on this, but uh, voluntarily stepping down, um, that that spot's now his and he can sort of show what it is that he can do sort of week in, week out. Um, and I think that dare and that dash um, is is really, it's almost irreplaceable in terms of uh, the rest of that list for the Lions. For sure. For sure. Daniel Rich, retirement now, now that Kitty Coleman's come in and taken his spot and is playing it well? I think so. And I think you, t- you and uh, Robbie touched on that with the um, re-sign, relocate, retire, um, which... Uh, if anybody hasn't heard, hasn't caught up with that yet, great listen. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think Daniel Rich, a great servant of the club, um, elite uh, halfback flanker in his time. Uh, but yeah, that time has has passed. Spot on. Let's move on. Richmond North Melbourne. Richmond fourteen goals seventeen one hundred one to North Melbourne ten goals twelve seventy two. They did their best to give Jack Zebel and Jack Rewalt a bit of a goal at the end to send them off appropriately, didn't they? Or ceremoniously, Jack Rewalt. They both shit the bed, didn't they? Oh, Jack Rewalt couldn't have hit water if he fell out of a boat trying to get that last goal. Like, where's your sense of occasion, mate? Oh, terrible. Now <laughs> for Richmond, I got this one wrong at the start of the year. And I don't mind admitting when I am wrong, but Dusty Martin, 158, he's had a pretty consistent year. This is his biggest score this year, but he's been fairly consistent when we're talking about super coach scoring. Shy Bolton, 141. Nankervis, 135. Soldo, 102. Hopper back into the team, 101. Taranto, 21 touches, 96. Short, 92. For the Kangaroos... Sheasel, who would be the only rookie that I've ever held on to for the entirety of a Supercoach year, 136, and would appear locked into my back line for next year as well. Tarrant Thomas is an interesting one, 128. He played really well. There's some whispers here in Victoria that there could be a swap Tarrant Thomas for Sam Flanders from Gold Coast, so watch this space on that one. Ooh, interesting one there. Yeah. Six Larky, Sev Larky, whatever you want to call him, with six goals one. I'll tell you what, I'm... I'm going to give this guy a shout-out. In a team that has been as poor as what North Melbourne have been, for him to be kicking the goals that he has been over the last couple of years, if he was in a good side with consistent, nice delivery, he'd be kicking his 70 to 80 goals each year. He's going to be a superstar. Yeah, 100%. And I think, look, I'm not sure, this question without notice, but uh, Larky in a good to great team, is he, is he Charlie Kerno? Not quite. No, right. he's not because Ch- Charlie Kerno's ability below his knees and the way that he moves up around the ground. I, I think Nick Larky's set shot is a lot cleaner than what Charlie Kerno's is, but from an overall game perspective, Charlie Kerno's got more strings to his bow than what Nick Larky has. 
Right. Uh, anyone else relevant for North Melbourne? Zebel on his way out with a 95. That was quite nice. Um, and all the best with your recovery. For those of you that haven't heard, Zebel was king hit last night after leaving a nightclub and sustained some facial fractures and spent the night in hospital. So hopefully they find the piece of shit that found or that did that and he serves his justice. So all the best with the recovery, mate. Anything else for this yeah. game? No, well said. Um, look, just before we move off from this game, it's probably the best opportunity for me to sort of bring a little bit of trivia uh, into the pod. So okay. I know I know that uh, Robbie likes to refer to you as the the random stat guy, Mr. Stat Man, and <laughs> and that got me that got me to thinking that we uh, that I'm lucky enough to be filling into uh, for a round twenty three uh, AFL pod, uh, relatively new thing, and uh, the Tigers uh, actually have played. Uh, the Port Adelaide Power, 28 times in the AFL. They've had one draw in that 28 meetings, and that one draw was in the first ever round 23 in 2012. Oh, I tell you what, if that doesn't make you moist, I don't know what will. That's beautiful, Phil. Nice work. And as luck would have it, Richmond versus Port Adelaide round 24 next week. That's right. We move on. Gold Coast versus Carlton. Gold Coast, very unlucky to lose this one. 13 goals, 9 to 13 goals, 13, 91. Carlton securing their first finals appearance in, what is it, 13 years, 12 years? Uh, let me see here. It's first since 2013, so it's been a solid okay, 10 decade. Years. Yeah. Solid decade. I, I can't, really, can't really say too much as an Essendon supporter, but... Congratulations to the Carlton Footy Club, as much as that hurts me to say. And uh, for those of you yeah. that are avid listeners of the show, you'll remember nine weeks ago I said that I fucking hated the Carlton Football Club and that I hope that Voss gets sacked and I hope they finish near bottom. And since I said that, they've won every game. So you've hit them with me, the greatest. You've hit them with the greatest reverse mo arch in the history of the AFL. Yep. So I'm going the old reverse psychology. I love Carlton. <laughs> I, I hope I hope they win. Yeah, I've got Michael, a I've got a couple Michael of Carlton Ross. fans. Yeah. I've got a couple of Carlton fans in my life. Um, some of them I like. And yes. uh, yeah, the the lid the lid is so far off that we can't find it. That is with I mean, with all due respect, Phil. Too. With all due respect, are they flogs as well, or are they decent people? It, it could depend on the day. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to withhold names to protect the innocent. So. Okay. Well done. From a super coach point of view for Gold Coast, no, uh, sorry, Ainsworth, Ben Ainsworth, 134. Fantastic game for him, 27 touches, two goals. Sam Flanders, who I've brought up a little bit in this pod, I believe that the Gold Coast are exhibiting his ability to play as a proper inside mid, 36 touches for 130 super coach points. Swallow himself, four goals, three, has reinvented himself as a nice small forward, 114. Took Miller, 104. Noah Anderson, 91. Matty Rouse, 78. Wits has been a touch disappointing this year with 89. For Carlton, Nick Newman continues to score extremely well, 129. Charlie Kerno, five goals, 18 touches, 127. And would be, for me, in the top 10 footballers in the AFL. Jacob Wiedering, since he had his bank account hacked, has played considerably better as well. 115. He's probably looking for a bump to the paycheck to fill that he's up. He's got to get all that. He's got to make all that money back. <laughs> he does. 
Georgie Hewitt, 112. Since we spoke about him four weeks ago, he's been very consistent in the Carlton midfield there. Paddy Dow, I think it's too little too late from Carlton to try and <clears throat> keep him around. 99 super coach points, 24 touches. He's starting to really look like a senior footballer. And we've touched on it before in the podcast. I think he'll end up at North Melbourne next year, given that his old man played a bit of football at the North Melbourne Footy Club in, I believe it was the 80s. So watch yep. this space with that one. Uh, uh, yeah, and Adam Sard, 86, I've still got him and was part of the reason that cost me my league this week. Anything from this game, mate? Yeah, a couple of little nuggets in this one before I hit you with a bit of a tough question. Um, firstly, geez, if Ben Ainsworth could play uh, the Blues every week, he he definitely would, and he'd probably be the greatest footballer we've ever seen, or certainly the greatest mm-hmm. super coach asset we've ever seen. Um, his 134 yesterday, uh, it was only the second 100-plus score in this season. Mm-hmm. Sorry, sorry. let me try that again. Third 100-plus score this season. Two of those have come against Carlton. Right. Well, so he, uh, he, he, there's something that he likes about uh, about Carlton in particular. Um, you mentioned Matt, Matty Rowell. I'm a, I'm a Matt Rowell owner. I'm riding the Rowell coaster. And uh, I'll tell you what, I... If I could, I'd jump off right now. I'm, he's getting he's getting nowhere near my team next year. Mm. Um, we all know what his ceiling is, but the consistency is just not there, and it's infuriating. It's he's my Tom Mitchell for sure. And yeah. uh, the tough the tough question, and uh, this is where I'm I, I'm going to risk uh, annoying the entire Carlton Blues fan base. Are we sure Harry Mackay makes the Blues a better team? No, because I he, I will die on the hill. I will die on the hill that he is the worst kick of the Sharon ever to win the Coleman Medal. It's not a bad shout. Who else has won the uh, the Coleman? That's been a pretty ordinary shot at goal. Oh, I don't know. Did Andrew Dunkley win one? Because the he's he's at that he's at that point when he's off. I like Andrew Dunkley a lot more, though. Actually, we're drawing the reverse psychology. I love you, Harry Mackay. <laughs> well. Love it. We move love on. Uh, oh, do you, do you want me to take this one, Big Horse? Fuck, I Just, this. No, you, no, step, you know what? A, step a, away, a sign of a good a man is acknowledging to Pete. So, DWS162, Essendon36. Anything? Oh, mate, this was a bludger of a game. Oh. Bludger of a game. Shout out to Jesse Hogan for scoring almost 200 points with his nine goals and 17 marks, which I can't do playing AFL 2023 on, on the PS4. Um, just just a bludger. And the, really the question for me is, what was Brad Scott doing all week? They didn't turn was, up to was, play. They, was Brad Scott even there? Uh, you, I mean... Didn't look like it. They weren't ready to play. There was no plan. There was no effort. Uh, I mean, and we've seen what this Bombers team is capable of at various points throughout the year. It wasn't that they would, it wasn't just that they were played off the park. Mm -hmm. They weren't ready to show up to play AFL level football. I've I've got a bit of a, I, I don't like using the word tanking. 
But <laughs> I, I went through some games and Essendon's percentage is now poor enough that if Adelaide and Gold Coast win this week and we lose to Collingwood, we could end up with the fourth pick. Hmm. Interesting. It's intriguing, isn't it? Hmm. I think, have they seen the writing on the wall to go, yeah, look, we're playing good footy, but we're not good enough to give it a real nudge. So do we start bleeding kids and start trying things and then try again next year? Or See, I, I don't know, because 130-something points, which is top five for what the, the most have been beaten by ever in the history of the AFL, it, it, just, it doesn't sit right with me given how well they've played this year. And yeah. actually, and I said is, to you, and this, is what I'm, and this is what I'm saying. Like that, yeah. that margin is a terrible loss for West Coast, and we'll get to West Coast later, which is its own story. Yeah, it it doesn't. You're exactly right. It doesn't fit with where the bombers are at the moment, and it doesn't mm-hmm. fit with where the bombers are relative to where the GWS Giants are. You're right. So we've just had a comment pop in. Justin Herbert, avid follow the show. The man that is known for naming Conor McKenna as Conor McGregor's brother. Does Harry <laughs> Mackay save the Dons? It saves me from having to watch Essendon if you ever played for us, mate. That's about as far as I'll go. So, no, he doesn't. What yeah. do you reckon, Phil? Uh, I'm not sure Harry Mackay can save himself when he's got, when he's inside his own head. Yeah. And uh, look at this. The, the North Melbourne faithful are joining us already. They're ready. Oh, they feel Braino. like they've almost won the Harley Reid Cup. Braino, we will get to the Harley Reid Cup. Don't you worry yeah. about that. Anyway, we digress. GWS Supercoach scores. Hogan, 197. Briggs, 139. Himmelberg, 127. Canilio 126. Green, 119. Callum Ward, 119. Whitfield, 112. Perryman, 109. Ash, 103. Kelly, 100. There's 10 people that got over 100. Yeah. For GWS. Fill your boots. The, the one, two, three, four bottom scorers for GWS outside of the sub were Backman. So there you go. Yeah. Look, I like I like to finish on a, I like to finish on a, a, a more positive note. And the only thing that I can pick out in that sense for the Bombers is that um, Andrew McGrath was just about yeah. the only Essendon player who could hold his head high for his effort on the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, he finished with uh, 123 supercoach points from 32 disposals. He had absolutely mm-hmm. no help. Nope. Nick Hind, 101. Zach Merritt, 99. Uh, Parrish, 91. For me, you'd think if he was staying, he would have signed already. You don't leave negotiations this long. I think he's, I think he's on his way out. I... I've been fascinated by this as an ongoing uh, storyline for, for mm. you in particular. You're very strong on this idea that Darcy Parrish's time at the Bombers is is at an end mm-hmm. um, and that they're going to do everything that they possibly can to ship him out. I I don't know that you'll find a buyer. He's from Geelong. You'll go to Geelong. Do Geelong want him? I reckon, yep. They, they're lacking... Dangerfield's on the way out. Duncan's on his last legs. I, I think they grab him on a five-year deal. I reckon it's happening. Okay, well, we can look and, forward to the Geelong Cats not making the finals again for a while. That's fine with me. 
And here, here's my theory, and we'll, we'll replay to the 22-minute mark on August the 21st or whatever it is, 2023, when Parrish signs with Geelong, we get a compensation pick, and that compensation pick's used for uh, Ben Mackay. Ben Mackay. I'm just going to – I've just had a little sneaky look at the chat and I just want to call out to Herbie. There's a question that you've asked that I reckon we'll get to at the end of the show. But I, no, we'll go now. We'll go now. Uh, I was going to give you a red-hot tip. I may be wearing my answer, mate. If the Sydney Swans win the flag, I'll eat my hat. It's a, it's a good-looking I'll, 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 I'll standard on, squeeze hat too. On, on the very next – if Sydney win, because we'll get we'll do a debrief of the year after the AFL grand final, and if Sydney win, I'll deck myself out in Sydney Swans gear, and I'll sing their club song live on a podcast. There you go, mate. That will be that's that's all my Christmas has come at once. That is, yeah, yeah. For some people, that is like sex. But anyway, we'll move on. Um, who do you think is going to win the flag? You think Sydney? I think Melbourne. I, I think if I'm taking Sydney off the table for fear of overloading the episode with bias, um, I think this might be the year of the lion. I think, And more to the point, I think if they don't win it this year, they might never. We're, get, we're getting some love in the, in the chat. Uh, bro, that will be funny. Nico, how are you, brother? He's one of my old school mates from way back in the day. Legend of a bloke. Love you, mate. And Braino's screenshotted, so I can't get out of it, mate. There you go. <laughs> we move on anyway. For those that listen to the podcast that I did solo on Friday evening, you will see that I gave a shout-out to three people to captain this weekend. One of them was Rowan Marshall. One of the other one, or the other two, sorry, were Luke Jackson, and the third one was Marcus Bontempelli. I said, fill your boots. All of them will get over. Well, I said 130. So... Let's see. Marshall, 141. Sinclair, 137. Wood, 114. King, 114 with three goals, three. Crouch, 111. Steele, 102, who's been pretty inconsistent this year. Callum Wilkie down back, pretty consistent, 95. Wanganeen Malera is one that I'll be looking at for next year. I think he's got a heap of upside, 92. Winhager, who I just let sit on my bench and had to play this week because Sammy Walsh, Still isn't back with a nice 84 to fill in for me. Geelong, Stewart just keeps on doing Stewart things, 128. Atkins, the in and under bull, 115. Zach Guthrie, 108. Mark O'Connor, the Irishman, 102. Duncan, 101. Brian Myers with a 99. Zachary Tui with a 76, and that's about it. Tommy Hawkins hurt himself again, 61. Radigalia hurt himself, 17. Brad Close injured, 14. The cats are done. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. 
From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I, uh, look, I, I, I'm, you know, I'm keeping the lid on, but I, I was at my petty best when I realized because you got to you got to realize the this game was going on at the same time as Swans Crows which we'll get to next so the the uh, the scores in the bottom right hand corner of the screen yeah and I'm sitting there watching young Saints are winning Saints are still winning huh Saints aren't going to lose this eat shit Geelong cats the lids off there you go and nothing, nothing, nothing like putting together one of the least successful premiership defenses ever. Yeah, it's it's terrible, isn't it? I, I think they're just showing their age now. So, do, do you mind if I leave this comment under here for say 10, 15 minutes? <laughs> uh, look, I'm asking going, for a friend. Brano's going absolutely nuts in the chat. You love to he's see. Lo- it. He's loving it, isn't he? Such a good fella. Braino, our co-host of the NRL podcast. He's been doing a bit with the NBA, as all of us have been, and will be my co-host for the BBL coming up this coming season. So stay tuned for that. Get around that. Uh, so yeah, Saints by 33 points. I tipped him, won me a multi. Love your work, boys. Now, <laughs> next game. We're going we're gonna to talk about Adelaide and Sydney. But be- right. because, of, because of the person that you are, Phil, and... <laughs> You probably weren't aware before this podcast even started that there were 17 other teams in the comp. I'm going to let you fill your boots with this game, mate. Sydney by a point. Run us through it. Right. How do I mute, how um, do I mute you? No, look, no, full, right. Off you go. Full disclosure, I have notes and I, I still haven't figured out how I'm going to talk about this match because... I will tell you, this is how much of a fan I am and this is how invested I was in how that was playing out. I have never had a football game leave me feeling physically sick hours after the end of the game. And I was in all sorts about two hours after that game finished. Um, look, there was – I've heard on Twitter and on Facebook um, – and by telegram that there was some sort of controversy at the end of the game. I look, I guess what, look, let me, let me just, let me just address the elephant in the room there. Right. So I am by my own admission, a very one-eyed Swans fan. I embrace it. I love it. Get around it. The call was wrong. The ball didn't touch the post. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. And, Mickey Dell, you've you've had a lot more experience on the footy field than I have. When you've got a minute to go in a match, you've kicked what you think is the go-ahead goal after being down by 40-odd points. Yep. Now, the goal umpire, to in some way their credit, signals 
that it's a behind, hit the post immediately. The signal happens immediately. Can you tell me how nobody in on that on that Crows team noticed? When Jake Lloyd, who did notice and did exactly what you should do in that situation, kicked the ball out to the wing, there was nobody on that wing for 50 metres in each direction. There's the still smartest, a minute to go. Yeah, the smartest thing out of this situation I'm going to give to Jake Lloyd because as soon as you play out, play on from full back, you can't call it back. Yep. I think I think he knew something was up and he just got the ball moving straight away. Yep. The, Absolutely the, elite game awareness, but mm-hmm. it was it was the it was the lack of game awareness from the entire Crows team that yeah. I think is the underrated thing here. Yes, yeah, they were extre- I, yeah. yes, they were extremely unlucky. And credit to Matthew Nix, former Swans player Matthew Nix, for coming out in the media today and saying, we lost that game in quarter one and quarter two because they bloody did. That Sydney's pressure, particularly through that first half, was just about immaculate. Now, they had every opportunity to choke on mm. that in a manner that you'd still be talking about in a decade from now, they didn't. And the reason they got away with it is because they had that first half. Yep. Oh, Herbie's just, yeah, oh, criminal not no. to review, ended the game. And it's because he had a multi riding on it or a bet riding on it. Oh, I'll, no. I'll ask you this though, Phil. If, if I'm on a field, we've come from 40 points down and I, like, Mate, I'll celebrate. I'll do handstands if I'm kicking goals and we're 10 goals down. It doesn't matter. But if you think that you've hit the front with a minute to go, you've, you've got the home crowd. They're up in arms. They're bloody going ballistic. You're celebrating with them. You've got the technology yep. that the AFL has. Anything that's close, you've seen in games previous this year that the central umpire will come in and hold the ball up. One, because of Jake Lloyd's awareness to get the ball moving straight away. That's why that didn't happen. But the goalpost moves. So why wouldn't you? There's an element of doubt there. Why wouldn't you, if you were the goal umpire? I think you'll find that they'll probably lose their job out of it. Or they'll get stood down. They've been stood down. They've been stood down. I don't think we'll we'll see them for a while. (laughs) Um, But look, it's, it's one of those things. And you can answer this question. At what age in junior footy are you told to play to the whistle? I'm pretty certain it'll be one of the first things you're taught once you know um, what direction you're running in. I'm too busy lipping off to the umps to worry about the whistle. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no yeah. descent, no descent yeah. free kicks when you were yeah. running around at Sandringham. No, nah, no, nah, that's right. <laughs> anyway, we digress. We'll talk about some Supercoach scores, and you can tell me yep. what impressed you. You can give me three three plays that impressed you. Heaney, 120, Blakey, the Lizard, 120, Goulden, 109, Florence, McLean, 99 and 99, Chad Warner, who's one for the future there, 25 touches, 95 points. No one else really. Lukey Parker, really quiet game, 12 touches, 53 points. Callum Mills, he cost me my league. I lost my semi, both my semifinals, one by 20 points, one by 30 points. And, and I had to field season. him and funny 38 super points. Yeah. Anyway, Dawson one eighteen, Led one sixteen, O'Brien one oh nine, Rankin one oh five, Smith one oh three, Crouch still getting plenty of the pill, twenty six, eighty six points. 
And that's about – oh, and the other one that shit the bed, but I didn't field him, thank Christ, Ben Keys, 36, shit house. Give me your, your three best from this game, mate. Uh, three best. I think I'm giving the three votes to Nick Blakey in his 100th game. Um, just uh, invaluable type of player. Tall, mm-hmm. runs all day, just takes the game on. He's he's the player that Lewis Roberts Thompson thought he was. Um, a shout out to Lewis Roberts Thompson. Yeah. Um, but yeah, love love watching him play. Love the way he mm-hmm. takes the game on. Love his fearlessness. Uh, two points to much maligned on this podcast anyway. Isaac Heaney. Um, mm-hmm. He's he's figured he's got his radar right. He's been kicking goals with monotonous regularity in the last few weeks. Uh, it's coincided with a with a six game win streak. Um, I think he's got the potential to be a top five forward in the competition. He hasn't deli- he hasn't delivered on that potential yet. Um, but but games like we've seen from him in the last for- the last fortnight in particular just shows he's he's an Incredibly good mark for his size, mm-hmm. great tank, uh, great goal sense. And uh, one vote, I'm going to show that I am aware there's more than uh, one team in the competition, and I'm going to give the one do- vote to former Swan, Jordan Dawson, who was the driving force in a massive way behind that second half comeback, or the fourth quarter comeback. Do you think, now that Buddy Franklin's gone, that this helps elevate Isaac Heaney's game now that he'll probably get more looks at the ball? I hate saying this because we're about to give him his farewell, but it's kind of been said quietly across the Swans fan base for a couple of seasons now. The team just functions better, not just the forward line, but the team overall functions better when he's not playing. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that he doesn't. Like he, Buddy offers what Buddy offers, and he's a he's a magnet for attention. But he's he's a mm-hmm. magnet for attention for the for his own team as well. That's right. Um, so all of a sudden, when he's not in the team, you get the spread of goals, and that's what really works for Heaney because he can be that second, third option who can play that sort of high half forward, but is incredibly dangerous when he's in a one on one, thirty meters out from goal. Um, so yeah, I think. To, to answer your question, I think, yes, I think the the absence of Buddy um, might be a bit of a tonic for, for Isaac Heaney. You've got <laughs> I can't believe it. Oh, Herbie. Oh, mate. Yeah. I, you, better be, you better be following me on Twitter. If you, you're, obviously, you're a fan of my work and I love it. But, uh, yeah, yeah LR, LRT, uh, Premiership winner. He, LRT. Yeah, he nearly, nearly won the best on one year, didn't he? 2013, was it? To, uh, 2012, it would have, I think you're thinking of. But, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, as much as you might not like this, we've got to talk about other teams. So we're going to move on. Go for it. Potentially the biggest upset in the AFL this year. The Wet Toast Eagles beat the Puppy Dogs 92-85. Bontempelli with a huge 162. Adam Trelaw, 32 touches, 14 tackles, 120. Timmy English, bit quieter today. 51 hit out, still 118. Ed Richards looks really nice down back for them, 100. Caleb Daniel, 99. Liam Jones, 89. Bailey Dale, 84. Bailey Smith, 77. 
And I'll tell you who has looked lost over the past month. Jack McRae. 13 touches, subbed out, 49, tu- uh, 49 well, super he, he found He found himself on the bench late. Mm-hmm. He got subbed out. Yeah. So. Uh, and for West Coast, uh, Cripps, 128, five goals, super effort for him. Tim Kelly looked really nice in there, 127. McGovern, 104. Allen up forward, 101. Jack Darling, 89. Alex Witherden, the Seagull himself, 85. And for everyone else, there's nothing really there. I really don't want to spend too much time talking about this game because the dogs were shit. West Coast weren't great, but they won the battle in the end, I guess. And it's effectively almost put an end to the Western Bulldogs' finals chances. Now they have to win at Geelong next week and rely on other results going their way. Look, that all of that, what you've said, is, is true. I do feel like you've undersold it a little bit. I don't think it's one of the biggest upsets of the season. I think this is head and shoulders the biggest upset of the season, considering what was at stake, considering it was an away game for, for West Coast, and considering that the Bulldogs had this game there to be won and the Eagles responded, which they haven't mm. done. They just haven't known how to do all year. No. Um, Marcus Bontempelli, obviously a one-man army with 162 points, or for he's, us, what was that, uh, 324? Yep. If my maths is right there, so good stuff. Um, but, yeah, no, I think, I think this is uh, an incredible performance, but also a drastic mistake by uh, the, the Weagles um, forfeiting the, the Harley Reid Cup. Uh, not that Harley Reid was potentially that interested in heading west anyway, if the mm. reports are to be believed. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're going to, what, what this is going to basically lead to is um, one of the lowest intensity ratings ever recorded in the history of football when the North Melbourne Kangaroos take the field in round 24. They do not want to get anywhere near close, accidentally falling into, <laughs> stumbling into, falling on their face and somehow landing in a win that mm. would keep would keep them out of one of the best number one picks in recent memory. Um, North Melbourne going to rest a lot of people this week. Oh, 100%. We'll and look, before we before we move away from this uh, this match, I'm just going to give the, the little shout out to a, a little man that uh, I'm hoping is listening. I know your mum and dad will be listening, but uh, Rusty Daniel, a big, big... Uh, Big Bulldogs fan. He's six years old. Mum and dad are both Mad Swans fans, but uh, Rusty's Rusty's a Bulldogs man. He knows the team's song. And I have it on good authority that the little fellow is absolutely inconsolable after the game today. So don't worry, mate. Keep your head up. They, there is still a way for the Bulldogs to, to climb into that eighth spot. So I know you'll be cheering them for, for them next week. And because it's either them or GWS, mate, I'll be cheering for them too. The last time this situation happened for North Melbourne, North Melbourne won by 10 goals and they went from pick one to pick four. So there you go. But they picked up LDU with pick four, so it kind of worked out all right for them. Yeah, I'm going to let that one go through to the keeper, but it's a very North Mm. thing to happen, isn't it? Mm. Uh, For your, who is it? Your your little mate, six-year-old mate? Yeah, little Rusty. Rusty. Well, get him to email us at the Insight Fantasy Sports team and... uh, yeah, maybe an Essendon jumper we can send his way. 
Uh, Essendon's actually his second team, funnily ah, enough. Yeah. Might be able to sort Essendon. something out for him. Yeah. Next game. Oh, yeah, don't you want? Don't you want to be uh, Tom Liberatore's manager right now? Oh, mate. Oh, the, if the dogs he... are shit without him. Oh, so last, last week, I've got to bring this up before we continue on. The dogs were plus twelve at the contest, so contested possessions in and under before he got knocked out, and he got knocked out in what the second quarter. They yeah. ended up. They ended up minus sixteen. So when he went off for the game, for the game, Oof. for the game. So in in the space of two and a half quarters, Hawthorne were plus twenty eight at the contest without Liber. You're not going to do not, anything. Well, I'm not, look, I'm not going to point any fingers, but there's a possibility that some uh, Bulldogs midfielders are a little bit too worried about getting their hair dirty and jeopardising the next commercial shoot than actually going in and getting the pill. Oh, I love it when you throw dirt, mate. Good boy. So, anyway, second last game now. Melbourne Hawthorne. So, probably a good thing that Robbie Kennedy's not here because Hawthorne did show a little bit, but Melbourne ran over the top of him in the end by 27 points, 13 goals, 9 to 9 goals, 6. For Melbourne, no real big scorers as we anticipated. Rivers 107, Petraka 106, who's had a really nice, consistent year. Lever 105, Viney 104, Sparrow 100, Gorn 91, which is his lowest score since forever without Grundy. He was averaging nearly 160 without Grundy in the side, but we all know that Hawthorne are the ruck killers and no ruck ever scores well against them. Now, where is he? Oliver, 84, 14 touches. Finn McGinnis did an absolute number on him. Well done, that man, but wasn't enough. For Hawthorne, Carl Amon continues his consistent run of form. 14 marks, 27 touches, 119. Will Day pulled up a little proppy, 20 touches, 9 marks, 118. Connor Nash as a big-bodied midfielder, 103. Loves it to get his hands dirty. Big Ned Reeves, 96. Warpool, 84. Sicily with a down game, 83. Hopefully Sicily gets another 80-odd and then... His price comes down for next year because nice and, nice and affordable in that D one nice position. Affordable. Now, outside of this, you've got another fan mate, the Matrix. Oh my God, it's the <laughs> builder beast. Right, Maddie is uh, he's on the butter up because I think he knows I'm about to towel him up in uh, NFL and NBA fantasy this year. Oh, so wow. he's, he's you, just you trying to he's just trying first. to soften soften the blow a bit. If you've just joined us, Matrix, Phil's been throwing dirt on everyone. You've missed an absolute treat, mate. No no big DR details with this game anyway, Phil. Melbourne expected the win. They won. On to next week. Yep, uh, pretty much. Uh, John Newcomb was a, a late out uh, for this mm. one for the Hawks, and it it, it hurt, and it, it definitely showed. Um, look, as a Swans fan, I feel I'm morally obligated to hate the Hawks. I don't hate the way this team plays, and if I'm if I'm Robbie Kennedy, I'm a bit excited, and I think I, I'm I'm feeling the excitement kind of bubbling up a bit in recent pods as they've just been either getting some wins or, or getting close to beating some really good teams, and that sort of segues into my my question before we move mm. on is what what can Hawthorne reasonably achieve in 2024? Like where where do they sit for you? Probably just outside the eight. 
I, I don't I don't think they've got the cattle to give it a real shake, but they've got some nice tools there at the moment. They'll add to that through the draft this year. They've got another year into some of their junior players in Ward and Newcomb and these sorts of players. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a very much watch this space. The start yeah, of the I, year, I know, I know late form for Hawthorne's been really good, but you can't overlook the start of the year when teams are fresh and they were getting belted. So is, is it that they've just got a really good, clean bill of health at the moment and that other teams are struggling a little bit? You just don't know. So yeah. given the way they started the year and the way they're finishing the year, yeah, maybe just outside the eight, but I don't see them playing finals next year. Yeah, fair shout. Um, yeah, completely agree with what you've said there, but I can I can see them sneaking five or six places further up and, and at one point looking like they might just sneak into the eight. Four or five spots up from nearly the bottom's not too bad, I guess, is it? Better than the Suns have been doing throughout their existence. I, I like Hawthorne a little bit better than Carlton. Let's just leave it at that. Our <laughs> last game, we have Fremantle versus Port Adelaide. This actually turned out to be not a bad game. Fremantle going down by 16 points, 58 to 74. For Port Adelaide, our boy Butters has had a really nice year, 129. And for me, he's a lock for an All-Australian. Toot Toot, Ollie Wines, 98. Willie Rioli, one goal, 97. <coughs> Super coach points. Connor Rosie with his lowest scoring game, I believe, this year. 24 touches, 75 points. No one else really to worry. Dylan Williams, 20 touches, 20 kicks, 10 marks, 84. Surprising that as a running backman, he did not have a handball for the whole game. For Frio, Jackson. We shouted him out, probably didn't go as big as what we thought he would, but still 123 and top the Frio side. Luke Ryan, 114. Uh, Young, 113. Brayshaw, 111. Wagner continued his really nice run of form lately, 102. Sarong, 94, a little bit quieter. Liam Henry, 31 touches, 86 super coach points and would look as though he's on the way out. Victorian clubs are sniffing around him. And the new boy, Emmett, 13 touches, Two marks, two frees, four, three tackles, two goals, 65 super coach points in an impressive debut. Thoughts, mate? If they gave premierships out for setting fire to seasons, uh, the Fremantle Dockers would be an all-time franchise. Um, it's, it's just it's another disappointing season where there was a lot of Preseason hype, a lot of expectation. Luke Jackson's come in, got off to a slow start, but has been really good for them. But if I'm a Frio fan, and I know more people in mock Frio than support Frio, mm -hmm. um, I just I don't know how to approach the way that this team plays football because as soon as it was very clear that they weren't going to be playing finals, they suddenly started playing the way they should have been playing from the start mm -hmm. of the year. Um, and I can't think of anything more frustrating. So I say all that to ask you, much in the same way as I asked the same question about the Hawks, what is realistic expectation for Frio? Because they've, they've got this really strong, robust record of just falling short of whatever expectation is set for them. I think next year is going to be really interesting for Frio. 
And I say that because in the last three weeks, four weeks, sorry, since uh, Sean Darcy's been out, Luke Jackson's really come on as the number one ruckman there. So do you capitalise on that and try and get something decent in return for Sean Darcy? Do Geelong, who have been the major inquiries for Sean Darcy, go, well, we bring Darcy in, we bring in Darcy Parish, that re-ups our premiership window and then go again. So it's it's going to be interesting, but we've got to remember, Frio's overall the third youngest team in the comp. They're very young. They've got a really nice young list here that are building together. I anticipate potentially not next year, but the year after they'll be they'll be a top six team. They'll they'll be a really nice team. When they're on, they're on. But as any young team is, they're terribly inconsistent. So once once they mature, once they get games under their belt, I think you'll find that they'll be a mainstay in the finals for years to come. Yeah. And look, as far as Port's concerned, um, they've kept themselves in the hunt for that top two finish. Um, mm-hmm. They've been an interesting side to watch. I, it, I, I need to see them win before I believe in them. Um, as they far as today. when, when it, as far as when it counts in the finals. Yeah. Yes, thank you. I, I, I walked into that one. I'm well aware. Yeah, you did. Um, but no, I just they're the team that looks really not not that dissimilar to Brisbane, except I just I feel like this is Brisbane's time, um, where you just feel like yeah they look really good until they don't, and when they don't, suddenly they're they're gone and they're not in they're not in the prelim or they're not in the not in the grand final, and we do the same dance again the next year. Um, so yeah. Interest, uh, interesting one, but very mm. well, very well coached. Uh, glad Ken Hinckley's got his contract extension. Uh, I think he's good for the game, um, so it's good that he's staying there, and that's be, he's become a bit of an institution um, for that team. Um, but yeah, it's I'll believe I'll believe in Port when they can get show that they belong back in another grand final. Yeah, they're, they're untried, aren't they, so far? They had that big winning streak and then they lost a few. And I'll tell you what, like next week, like Richmond at Port, that'll be a nice tune-up for them for finals. I don't think Cochin's going to play. I don't think Rewalt's going to play. You know, it'll be a pretty nice walk in the park, I reckon, or a nice tune-up for them moving into finals. But, yeah, this week, you know, it's, it's the scene set, isn't it? We've got... Friday night, Essendon versus Collingwood, which is an absolute fizzer. Collingwood to win by probably 10 goals. Saturday, Hawthorne, Frio. There's nothing really in that. North and Gold Coast. Gold Coast win that. North officially win the Harley Reid Cup, which we'll have a live coming up later this week. We may have a little snippet on the Harley Reid Cup coming up, so stay tuned. Brisbane, St Kilda at the Gabba. Geelong and Western Bulldogs. Huge game at GMHBA Stadium. The loser is effectively done. The winner could still be done as well, given the results that will go on in other games. West Coast Adelaide over in Perth on Saturday night and then some big games on Sunday. Port Adelaide, Richmond, Sydney, Melbourne. That's a preview into a finals game, I reckon. And then the big one, Carlton, GWS. If GWS lose, can they still play finals, Phil? Uh, If GWS lose and the Bulldogs lose... They will fall into eighth and be cannon fodder in the first week of finals, which is exactly where they belong. 
Um, does that, does that mean if GWS lose, Western Bulldogs lose, so GWS will know this before they play Sunday, that will yes, effectively they, mean they'll, they'll play Carlton again first week of finals? Yes. Yes. I'll so there's a, there's a scenario. There, there's a scenario where, and the, the AFL suits would be rubbing their hands together about this, but there's a scenario that the top eight will not be 100% set until the final game of the final round of the mm. regular season. Oh, especially if, yeah, Western Bulldogs beat Geelong. Yep, which I'm yeah. tipping them to do. I'm to, Geelong don't have anything to play for. And they've got a stack of injuries. Yeah, and then on top of that as well, if Western Bulldogs lose and then, you know, uh, GWS are locked into playing Carlton the first week of finals, I'd be looking at sports bet as soon as the Geelong game finishes because... GWS could roll out their seconds team and give all their stars a rest because nothing's going to matter for them. That would be a two-week rest with the bye week. Mm-hmm. I, look, I, I know, I know, I know that you, you don't want to hear any positivity about Carlton, but they're just a better team than GWS. They're a better. No, side. I want to hear it. I want to hear it. Fueled, fueled by ex Swans Nick Newman and Georgie Hewitt. Love you, miss you, boys. Um. But no, they, they no, they'll they'll walk over. They will walk over the Giants in an elimination final. Okay, you've heard it here first from at Phil Unfiltered. Now that's our wrap done, Phil. Have you got anything else to add before we uh, sign off for the evening, mate? Just a, a thank you to yourself and and the good uh, the good blokes at Insight Fantasy Sports for uh, for having me on. Um, been absolutely pumped for this uh, since you reached out and said. I don't want to do this by myself and Robbie's off getting pissed in Bali. Can you, can you jump on and take some of the weight? Um, and uh, I'm just thrilled, mate. And uh, hope, uh, hope the audience has enjoyed it. The, the chat's yeah. been going absolutely bananas. So love that. Yeah, no, and, it's, um, it's, yeah it's good, mate. And I, I think the viewers will agree that um, you've carried me tonight. So be, because of that, we're, uh, we'll get your address once we finish here, mate, and I'll send you some stuff courtesy of the Standard Squeeze, all right, for, uh, for our way of saying thank you for joining me on the show and giving the people what they want, a little taste of at Phil Unfiltered on our social media network. That's right, at Phil Unfiltered on X or Twitter, as some of us still will still call it. Um, yeah, or is it threads? You've you got threads as well? Oh, I've got threads. Got the threads. Phil, Phil, Phil underscore Unfiltered on threads, I believe I am. Oh, um, mate, you're making it hard for people to find you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no, you've got – I'm replacing the bloke that just changed his Twitter handle. Or, no, sorry, I'm hosting with the bloke that just changed his Twitter handle because it was too complicated. So, I don't know. I'll tell you what, since the change, yeah, the inbox has been a little bit fuller and the comments have been coming through. So, I don't mind that. For those that that's just, want that's to get just a hold of us. From me. <laughs> yeah, and the rest. So, for those of you that do want to reach out while we're not doing – um, podcast, X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it, Instagram, Facebook, you name it. We're all over everything. We've got our Discord channel as well, which is down below in our description in this podcast. Feel free to click into that. Once you click into that, you can choose your sports as to what you want to watch, what you want to uh, get yourself involved in. We've got NBA mock drafts and drafts coming up. We've got leagues that will be running. NFL, we're currently running a couple of leagues with that. English Premier League soccer, we're doing a bit with that. Big Bash League, we'll be running Super Coach Leagues. We've got the NRL, we've got the AFL. We've also just been signed as a, as a 
a co, what is it, media outlet and a joining partner with ANZPL 2K, NBA 2K Basketball. So we've had a lot of love with that as well, and we look forward to getting into a a bit of esports, giving the people what they want and giving Australia a bit of recognition on the world stage. That we've just, for those of you that don't know, NBL Oz Gaming entered themselves into a worldwide competition this year in the 2K leagues in America, their first year, and we're given not really much hope given that there's millions and millions of people that play PlayStation or Xbox, and our Aussies came second overall, and it's really given Australian gamers a massive pump, and we're bloody privileged and honoured to be chosen to be the major media outlet to give the people what they want, a bit of an insight as to what goes on in these competitions, and to give you a bit of an inside look and a bit of an understanding as to different characters that play the game, the personalities, and then we'll be able to watch them and support them from afar. So in wrapping up, thank you, Phil. I appreciate your time, mate, and giving the people what they want. So you watching, you watching it. I've always wanted I've always wanted to do this. So I'm gonna jump in and do it. If you're watching okay. on YouTube, these are uh, uh, two beautifully handsome men right here. You'll just notice just below us is a subscribe button. Click that subscribe button. Click the bell to get all the notifications. They won't nice. always be this good because I won't be in it, all of them, but they'll be bloody good most of the time. If you're listening on Spotify, click follow. Leave a five-star review. Mate, it all helps. Helps with the algorithm. These boys do a lot of work. I'm just a ringer. These boys do a ton of work behind the scenes. They deserve the support. They're a great bunch of blokes. I've I, I come in with the goal of doing that little spiel at the end. I've delivered. I'm done. Well, looks like we're done. So until next time, on behalf of Phil and I, we're out. Peace. See ya. See ya. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 